Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite World Talk radio shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon from truly sunny Arizona. I don't know whether um, the terrain knew that it was the first day of summer the other day, but as soon as it did, the temperature shot up to 110, and it's staying there quite consistently. So we have summer in Arizona, and for those of you who have been here for that, you know what I mean. Several years ago... I started the self-improvement blog because I'm convinced that most people, regardless of their circumstances, want to do better, want to be better, want to have a happier life. Sometimes they just need some tools to help them along the way. And I've searched for tools that can help them do that. So on the blog we have articles and videos, books, movies, and I'm always looking for things that I think will help people who read the blog and this show grew out of the blog and so I'm looking for people who can be on the show to give you some more tools. Recently I was asked to review the book Living in Your Top 1%. Now I want you to think about top 1%. Let me ask you something. If you could get to the top 1% of your potential, what would that look like? Think about it a minute. Top 1%. The top 1% is the farthest little point on the right side of the bell-shaped curve. Everybody who's kind of average is at the top, and then it swings down. And at the top 1%, you're at the end of the bell-shaped curve. Now, if it were built like a thermometer, 100%, you, you can't go any higher. That's as high as you can get. So what is my and what is your top 1%? I guess the question is the top 1% of what? Does your top 1% encompass your physicality, your emotionality, your spirituality, your productivity, your financial status? Does it mean all your dreams have come true and all your aspirations have been met? Is that what it means? Alyssa Feinerman, the author of the book, it's reaching your highest potential. And Alyssa says it's about living your best life and choosing the right road 
for you. It's a very personal, very individual kind of thing. It's up to you to define what that top 1% for you is. Is it money? Is it how much money you'd have if you were in the top 1%? And what about happiness, fulfillment, enlightenment, relationships, achievement? You're the only one that can answer that. But today we have Alyssa Feinerman here to help us deal with the questions and, and find some answers because it's a huge question and the answers are really very important. Before I introduce Alyssa, I want to tell you about our trek with jury duty. We almost didn't have her today because after we were booked and, and had, you know, got everything kind of finalized, she was called to jury duty and evidently that lasts for a week where she is. And, you know, what are we going to do? And I have to tell you, I was so impressed with the way she handled that. She didn't panic. She didn't make up excuses. She didn't try to shirk her jury duty. We just waited to see what happened, and Monday she was called in, and they said, no, you don't need to come back. So we have her, but she handled it with such finesse that it always makes me think, when I see this kind of thing happen, that the people who write the book actually are walking their talk, and I really appreciate that. Alyssa is a life coach, an author, and a motivational speaker. She was an all-American tennis player as well as a triathlete. She's organized teams to help raise over $50,000 for survival, and they've raised more than $8.5 million to support research on rare cancers at Memorial Sloan Kettering. That's big. She's appeared on CBS, Citadel Broadcasting, Clear Channel Radio, and Heartbeat Radio and has worked with the Prostate Cancer Foundation, the Millican Scholars Program, Universal Sports, Merrill Lynch, Pepperdine Law School, Telepacific Communications, Dress for Success, and Vistage International. And I'm sure there are more that we don't even have here. Alyssa holds an MBA from the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania, and a BA from the University of California, Berkeley. She received her coach training from New York University, and is known for her clarity, energy, and ability to redefine what's possible. And for today, she's the author of Living in Your Top 1%, Nine Essential Rituals to Achieve Your Ultimate Life Goals. Alyssa, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Hi, Irene. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And it all worked out with jury duty, as you say, it did work out. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who's Alyssa Feinerman? That's a tough. That's a tough question. I think it, it is. It is a tough question. I think for everyone on this call. But um, my answer for myself continues to evolve um, every single day. And I think the person that I try to be now is is one who is inspired and and has my actions inspire others. And really just try to share positive energy with the, with the world. So I think it used to be a little bit more about money and the things that I was doing. But for me, I just um, got an email from someone from my Facebook page who had read the book. And um, the person went on to just say, thank you so much for really helping me change my life, for giving me inspiration. And so that type of message, if I didn't do anything else, in my life, I would feel like I had accomplished something. 
And I, I understand that. Yeah, and you know, similar what you're doing with your with your show. I mean, if you can make if you can give one person inspiration just with a word, a phrase, a thought, then I think that's um, pretty incredible. So that's that's really what I strive to do now. Now let me ask you this. You started off in Wall Street. Now that's a pretty heady experience in itself. But now you're a life coach. How and why did you make that kind of a transition? Yeah, I mean, I think for many people it seems that it's very much of a, a 180. But my background was, was very finance-based. Um, I had worked in, after business school, I worked in finance and Wall Street-related jobs for about eight years. And during that time, I talk a, about this a little bit in my book, I started to really redefine what success meant to me. And I had gone so far down a path, and this, this comes up so much for people who have, it doesn't even matter what you do, whether you've gone down a finance path, a marketing path, a path as a lawyer, and you get to the end of that path where you've maybe set a goal for yourself from 10 years back, and you get there. And then you think, well, well God, I'm here, <laughs> but this doesn't make me happy anymore. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not engaged. And that was a little bit of my path. So while it seems like, you know, I said before, very much of a 180, for me, that's really when I realized, you know what, I'm really not giving back. Yes, I can trade 50 million bonds a day, but that ultimately didn't excite me that much anymore. And that's really when I shifted gears. And I was always interested in motivation and why two people given the same resources, one excels and the other one doesn't. So that idea has always fascinated me and really what you know, someone's potential looks like. I've, I've always really been intrigued by that question. And I actually got, an, I was living in New York City at the time, I got a note in the a postcard from NYU, and I never look at things like this. I just throw them away. But something about this really caught my eye. And I thought, yeah, I'm really interested in motivating people. And I learned more about their coaching program. And that's really when it all started. And, and I had been a student of self-help. Always. That, those are all the books that I love to read. For me, I love, I love reading um, how we can improve ourselves. So that's sort of a joy for me. Yeah, I, I, I share that joy. I feel the same way. <laughs> so, you know, you have this wonderful background in, in finances, but you're a life coach, which isn't just about finances. So who's your target market for clients? Who, are your, who do you have the most success in coaching? Right. Well, I think my target market is really people who are winners. And it doesn't matter if you have money. It doesn't matter if you went to graduate school or not. It really is people who are ready to step up to the plate and say, yes, I understand where I am, and I know what I've got, and I want to move forward. Here's where I want to go, but I'm not quite sure how to get there. Or I'm not sure where I want to go, but I'm ready to take those steps forward. So someone who's still probably in the processing stage is – is for me is not who I would quite work with yet. And all of those obviously are critical to the process, but I'm, I'm sort of ready for the person who wants to step up to the starting line. I don't really care what you're stepping up with. <laughs> as long right. as you're, you know, and you sort of said this in your introduction that you, you operate on the premise that everyone wants to improve in their life. And that's what I do. And I operate that everyone has potential, whether you've gone to, college or whether you're not. That doesn't matter. Um, and so that's the basic 
premise. And, you know, from my time on Wall Street, just going back to your original question of going into coaching, when you're on Wall Street, you have a ton of information and you're talking to your client and you have about 30 seconds sometimes to say, hey, here are the most interesting things that are going on today in the world of finance that matter to you. And so that skill of being able to take a lot of information and narrowing it down to the key things is something that I really do in the coaching practice because a lot of people have a lot of great ideas. They have a lot of priorities, but it's really about what are the core, what's the core focus, what are your top priorities, and what goals do you really want to move forward on. So that skill has been very applicable and helpful for me. See, I would think that that's as much a gift as a skill. Some people just simply can't synthesize and, and boil things down to to core issues. Right. So, you know, are, are most of your clients able to work with you in, in doing that? Or do they, you know, they come with their goals fairly well defined, I would think. Well, the interesting you. thing, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to write the book, is that the area of goals, while there's been so much published on it and written about it, people still don't really set great goals. Either, number one, people don't set goals. Number two, either we don't write them down or we set really vague goals. Or there are a lot of people who set goals that actually never pursue their goals, that we're going to get in the best shape of our life. We're going to start a new business. We're going to start a not-for-profit. And so a lot of this book and the work I do is taking our ideas and turning them into action, but then taking the ideas that we're passionate about and turning them into action. And so that's a really big difference. We all have a lot of things that are important in our life. Relationships are important. Our health is important. But what happens and what separates the top one percenters are what, what are you willing to put into action? That's very different because, Irene, we, we know, we all know what, quote unquote, we need to do. The question is, what do we want? What do we want to practice? Ah, uh, hold that thought. We'll come back to it. It's time for us to take a break. Uh, this is Irene Conlon with my guest, Alyssa Feinerman, saying, stay tuned. The self improvement show will be right back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow the World Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at World Talk Radio. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the World Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash World Talk Radio or follow along with us at World Talk Radio, the World Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? If you are dealing with chronic illness or a disability, at times you can feel lost with nowhere to turn. It doesn't have to be this way at all. You can become an active participant with your doctor in the healing process. Tune in to A Healthy Way to Be Sick with host Mark Lerner. Mark has developed techniques to make your healing a partnership. Each weekly show will cover four main topics and how you can take steps and hear from experts that know the value of patient participation. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen. 
and talk. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Alyssa Feinerman. We've been talking about her book, Living in the Top 1%. Um, a fascinating title. We were talking before the break about people setting goals, and that was one of the reasons that she decided to write the book. But let's back up a little bit, Alyssa. Uh, what all went into helping you decide that you were really going to put out a book about living in the top 1%? Right. Well... What I wanted to do was, I think society, the, the book is called Living in Your Top 1%, and that's a very, that word, your, oh, is a yes, very it important. Is your. What's that? I was saying the, and I... No, that's okay, but really? the book, that word is a huge differentiator, because every single person on your call that listens to this interview can be living in their top 1%. And so the, the term is a very personal term. And I think what I wanted to redefine success, because a lot of people think about living in the top 1%. Are you going to a top 1% college? And I wanted to take it away from what society and the media thought were top 1% moments or people making top 1% of, of um in your earnings, and really have it be of our personal potential. And that's a very, very different and, to me, very inspiring concept. And it can be, you can have a mother of, of six living on welfare, getting a job and being in her, in her top 1%. And you can Absolutely. also have, right, and so you can also have a CEO. You, I mean, the fascinating thing about this is you can have a CEO of a multi-million dollar company not living in his top 1% or her top 1%. And so the idea comes back to us, and it comes back to the concept of what are the moments that give us the greatest joy that are most fulfilling to us. And when you wake up every morning, what are the things that genuinely excite you for the day? So if you've got this great job, but you don't like it, well, that's really not a top 1% moment or path. And these are the things that I wanted to start to redefine for people and have them think about and really practice the power of a can-do mindset. Think about what our strengths are and implement those in our life. So that was the, and also what I wanted to do for my Wall Street days was take, as you know, there's tons of information. You talk to people every week who are writing books and doing different things, but there's so much information out there. We have books specifically on one topic, such as mindset or strengths or goals. But what I wanted to start to have people think about is that we need to do, there's a process, and I call that process living in your top 1%, but the nine rituals. And these rituals are important because you can't just have a positive mindset. If you have a positive mindset, but you don't have any specific goals, and you're not resilient, well, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough to get and enjoy those top 1% moments. So it, it really has to do with the whole process. Even if you've got great goals, but you don't really believe you can do it, 
again, you're at a little bit of a crossroads. So the idea of this book was to break down the laws of success and give people a starting point so that everyone on this call can say, okay, let me dig in. And the book, as you know, breaks it down into assess, create, and implement. And I think people get unstuck in their mind when you know what you're working on next. I think these concepts can be very overwhelming. And I don't really think it's rocket science. You know, I think you, we really can break it down. And that was the, the purpose of the book. Don't you think that in some instances, I, I'm thinking of graduate school or any place that you've studied business, whether it's in a seminar, workshop, graduate school, wherever, it's, it's presented to us as being so lofty and so complex that the average person, when you start talking about achieving your highest potential, thinks, oh, my gosh, I, yeah, that's too big. Right, yeah. right, right, Ab- absolutely. And, and, you know, the fascinating thing about this is if we look at, if you think even in your life or if everyone on the call, if they're listening to this part when they listen to it, thinks about the things that they've accomplished in their life. And really just break it down. How did those start? You know, if you, if you take, God, what's the most incredible thing that you've done in your life? And, you know, if I look at perhaps writing the book, how do you, you know, how do you start this? For me, it was about a 15-month process. How do you start that process? And you start by writing for about an hour a day, you know, and you exactly. start. And, and then, you keep, then you keep going. And then, you know, you, you get a chapter together. And then you get your first draft after after months and months, and and you keep you keep going. And you know, I play a lot of tennis still in the women's forties, and we just won a, the USTA women's forties indoor nationals. And that that whole tournament started because we played one point, one game, one set, one match, and you keep going. And and that's just how it works. You know, Wimbledon is uh, is going to be coming up, and. I mean, people, these people play, the guys play five-set matches, but, you know, it's one set at a time. One set at a time. Yeah, and that's just a really powerful idea. And I think tying in with that is this idea of mastery of the mind. You know what flitted through my mind, as you said, what things have you accomplished in your lifetime? And I'm thinking, you know, in the beginning, we had to learn to walk and we had to learn to talk. And both of those are so formidable, you know, that if we can do that, what is there that we can't do? Well, I think the example of learning to walk, which seems so obvious and and it seems so, um, you know, of course we would do that. And, you know, for everyone who's fortunate enough to, to walk, you know, with ease, um, but even going back to when you're a kid, when you fall down, if we just said, like we do in so many other things, oh, this walking is tough, I just fell down. You know what, I don't yeah. think I'm going to really walk. I think, no, nah, you know, I'm just going to do a different option. Because that's what many of us do. We try to get in shape and we go, oh, this is pretty tough. No, nah, I don't think I really want to get in shape. <laughs> or you try exactly. to start a business and you go, wow, this is really tough to put my website together. Okay, maybe I'll pass on the website. But for some things, we don't do that. And so tying your idea back into the idea of rituals, I think I wanted to use that phrase, rituals, because it, it's non-negotiable. Rituals, things we do in our life, are non-negotiable. You don't really debate if you're going to celebrate a friend's birthday or if you're going to celebrate Mother's Day or Father's Day. These, these are givens or an anniversary. You don't go, well, you know, we celebrated it last year. Why celebrate this year, right? And... 
I think this idea of rituals, when you're going to live your best life or you're going to give your, deliver your best to the world every day, you have to really think about what are the things that are essential, non-negotiable in your life for you to be your best. Now, it could be as simple as getting sleep, which it sounds simple, but I know getting sleep is not simple. Um, but if you get four or five hours sleep every night, you will probably deliver a different level of excellence to the world if, than if you get seven or eight, depending on what each person needs. And, and that's a very simple but powerful example. Good example. Let me ask you this going back just a little bit. You talk about ultimate life goals. How do you define what an ultimate life goal is? That's a big, a big quantity to me, ultimate. Right, right. Ultimate is definitely a, a, a big word. But I think there's probably a lot of different concepts going, going on there. I think we have short and longer term goals. But the idea that when I, in the chapter with goals, um, I break that down into the why, the how, and the what now. Um, because a lot of people set a goal and then they don't really do anything about it. But when part of that idea is tied into a little bit of the idea of thinking without obstacles, you're really your ultimate life goal, if, if there were no obstacles, if anything could be possible, and I do think everything is possible, what, what would be the ultimate dream, the ultimate goal for you? And that's really where I'd like people to start rather than taking – it's difficult to think creatively or expansively when you take your current situation and think, okay, well, what would I want to have? Because then you go, well, well, I, I can't, this dream will never happen because I've got a mortgage. What am I going to do with my kids? And I can't do this. So I like to start with just try to set everything aside, at least get the vision, the ideal, the dream picture of what you really want. And that's sort of the ultimate. How hard is it for you to get people to think this way if they're, you know, when you're young, there aren't so many obstacles. But, you know, if you do have a mortgage and you do have children, you know, how do you get people to think past the mortgage and the children and the bills and the obligations to see their ultimate goal? Well, Isn't think, that what a coach would have to break yeah, through first? Yeah, yeah I think that's a, a difficult I think that is a difficult thing to do. I'll be very honest. But that being said, I think the natural tendency for all of us, and, and you can probably speak to this as well, is that we tend to think our circumstances, our obstacles, are just the biggest. And, you know, so you look at someone like Anthony Robles, who was born with one leg, goes on to win the NCAA Wrestling Championships with one leg. Yes. And so that, that sort of redefines... What's possible for someone who's maybe getting in shape when you say, well, it's bad weather or I don't, my training partner couldn't work out with me today, right? And so sometimes it's a simple shift in your mindset. In, in the book, I tell a fantastic story about the woman who started Cycle for Survival, and, and unfortunately she is a, she's a fantastic person, incredibly smart, Harvard Business School, and just fun and nice, and she has cancer. Now, she had a couple paths to go down. Well, the path she started was, you know what? I'm going to do something. I'm going to raise money, and I'm going to try to make a difference in the world. And she's raised over $8.5 million. Cycle for Survival has become this incredible thing. And so Jen continues to redefine what's possible. And you look at that, and that's an incredible source of inspiration. So, these, when, so taking it back to our obstacles, whether it's a mortgage, whether it's kid, whether it's 
kids, whether it's lack of knowledge, whether it's financial reasons, whatever it is, there's always going to be an obstacle. Give me one company, give me one person who's done anything of value that has not had an obstacle. So it's almost unrealistic for people to think, gosh, I've got an obstacle. And it's almost just that shift in your mindset. And I think it's really once you experience a few wins that you go, oh, okay, I got it. I can do this. I can step forward. So it's, it's the shift in the mindset, and that starts with awareness. Almost everything can start there. Yeah, it's an, an important starting place. I love how you engage the imagination in the very first chapter of your book, Be the CEO of You, Inc. Why did you make this your starting place? Yeah, I mean, I debated for a long time what what I wanted to to start off with, obviously. And I kept coming back to the fact that we have to take personal responsibility for, for where we are. There, it's nothing without us. And it's really about that foundation, making ourselves a priority. And that's one of the toughest things. So many people obviously um, struggle with that concept. But at the end of the day, you might work for another business, but the most important business, and obviously we don't really think of ourselves in terms of a business, but the most important company is ourselves. And it's not about being selfish, but it's about thinking about what do you need to do for yourself so you can step forward every day with your best self for your family, for your coworkers, for yourself, for everyone you come into play with. And that's a really, really important concept. Um, the only thing I would add with that is obviously some people on the call might say, well, but hey, I've got kids and I've got this and I don't have a lot of time. And at different parts of our life, the concept of making ourselves a priority is always consistent. The only thing that changes is what that means. And so if you're single and you have, quote, unquote, very few commitments or obligations, making yourself a priority will be different. Now, that doesn't even mean with someone that someone who's single with fewer commitments actually makes themselves a priority. You know, so it, it doesn't necessarily equate to how much time you have. And I think the theme of making yourself a priority is very important regardless of where you are in your life. And we're going to let our listeners think about that concept just for a moment because it's time for us to go to another break. This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show with my guest, Alyssa Feinerman. We'll be right back, so stay tuned. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. What's missing in your life? Do you feel like you've lost your identity? Are you trying to cope with a loss in your life? Are you trying so hard to be a people pleaser? Stop! Invest some time in Dr. Marla Sloan's program, Mind Over Matters. This program will help you find the answers to these questions and more. Dr. Marla's passion is to help people to be the best they can be. And this program does just that. Tune in to Mind Over Matters with Dr. Marla every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Do you know that digestive problems, ADHD, and chronic pain can be treated naturally? 
In fact, most health problems can be treated using integrative and alternative medicine. Find out about cancer prevention and managing diabetes. Learn how to use common herbs and spices to treat a variety of conditions. For the sake of your good health, tune in to Natural Solutions with your host, Dr. Sean Palmer. Broadcasting live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the Self Improvement Blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Alyssa Feinerman. We're talking about uh, being in the top 1% of your own potential. Alyssa, let's talk a little bit about identifying strengths. You talk about strengths how important is it and how important is it to know your weaknesses as well? And what's your best way to identify them? Right, right. So there are a couple of questions in, in that one question. Yep. And um, strengths is obviously one of the rituals that I talk about as identifying. And positive psychology has had a great influence on the work, my coaching work, and I, I borrow a lot from that. And strengths are really one of the core foundations of positive psychology, coming from a place of what you do well rather than what you're not good at. I think, again, going back to mindset and how we train our mind, we all tend to focus on what we're not good at, but you get a much bigger bang for your buck by saying, okay, what am I good at? So we'll do two parts of this question. The first is strengths and the first is weaknesses. So the first part with the strengths, we want to focus on one is every person on this call that's listening to this part, are you clear on your core strengths? What do you do? What are those five things? Then you want to say, great, do I actually use these in my daily life? Because what happens is if you know your five strengths and you're creative, let's say, but your job gives you no outlet to be creative, well, I'm going to bet a dollar (laughs) that that person, unfortunately, may not be engaged in their work. Now, that's a problem. Now, to go, in the book, I share a few different ways that people can identify their strengths. One way that I love, it's free, is going to uh, AuthenticHappiness.com. You take the VIA Survey of Signature Strengths. Oh, that's a fantastic resource. Yes. You know, I update date mine every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's very, very important. And so I would think maybe one of your strengths happens to be love of learning because that would coincide very well with you doing this show. Oh, you're right on. <laughs> you're right on. <laughs> and so that's really interesting. So the strengths part is essential. We want to train our mind to think about what we do well. We all need to work on things. Now, going into the other question when I talk about in my book is what are the weaknesses, if any, that hold you back from your top 1% performance? So if someone on this call is not a great swimmer, but you have no interest in doing, going scuba diving or any of those water sports, then my, my instinct would say I wouldn't really invest a lot of time or energy. Now, if, there's a, if you run a business and you, wanna, you need to speak to your employees 
to 500 of your employees or you speak on different, at different conferences or panels and you're not a great public speaker, well, that actually will be important. But if you're maybe a, a mom or you, it's just you and your business and you never give any talks, well, then speaking is obviously not as important. So it really all, it just depends where someone, where you want to spend your time. And often what happens is someone looks at a weakness, but it's not something that's essential. If you're not great at bookkeeping, well, you can maybe just outsource that. So you have to sort of look at this within the context of what you are trying to do. And, you know, our, some of our most precious resources are, are time and energy and goes back to how and where do you want to invest those. See, I think that is so, I think it's such a healthy approach to say, hey, look, yeah, we all have weaknesses. Which ones are holding you back and what can you do about it so you can get through this and, you know, make the most of it and then forget the rest of those things. I, I loved that. <laughs> I, I, lo I love that you did that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's important. I think it's really important to, to note the difference and to look at, you know, later in the book we talk about understanding the bigger picture. Think about these specific details of strengths or weaknesses within the bigger picture of what is it that you're really trying to accomplish? What's important to you on a daily basis? And then decide, okay, well, does this strength or weakness, does this, how does this make a difference? And does it? That's a good question. Um, and it does make a difference. And, you know, people need to do the exercise of finding their strengths, looking at their weaknesses, and see if they're going to hold you back. Um, well, I think wonderful, really healthy people, approach. Yeah. I think the only other thing that I'll say about it is it actually helps in gaining clarity. Because if you know that curiosity and love of learning – are some of your core strengths, and you're offered a job where you know there's just going to be no learning, you're doing the same thing you've done, then it may, be, it may help you in making a decision. And so I think that's also very important. When you're not really clear on your strengths or your values, everything sort of sounds like a great idea. Right. Conversely, you know, I can hardly add two and two. Numbers and I never understood each other. But that shouldn't hold me back from starting a business because there are a lot of people out there that can add two and two and be wonderful with numbers. And I can do the rest of what it is I do well and what I love. Right, uh, right, right. And the thing is, you have to be aware enough about that to say, okay, that's not one of my core strengths. How am I going to outsource that? Or how can I sort of bring in some talent? And that almost leads us into another topic, which is the idea of building a top, your top 1% team. And so your top 1% team might look different than mine, and you can have a top 1% team for, for our business, for our life, even for this radio show. You have people on your team that help you make this work. And I think that's a very important concept, whether you're a CEO and an athlete, a mom, everyone needs someone on their team to help you move forward, to free you up to do what you're, to, to free you up to give your core strength and, and share your talents with the, wor with the world. That's a very, very key concept. Absolutely. When you work with people identifying their goals, and I think most of this work has to be done before they can really do some absolute goal work. I mean, goal, 
uh, write goals that are really meaningful and uh, measurable and all of those things that you work with with goals, you have them do tiers of goals. Tell us about your tiers. Uh, it's not T-E-A-R, <laughs> although it could be. It's T-I-E-R, tiers or levels of goals. And I, I love this approach. Tell us well, about it. Right. And, and as I said, I think the goals we've got to sort of break up into the why, the how, and the what not. Why are you setting this goal? So I think the first step is to just you sort of write everything down on a piece of paper. Just write everything. It can be vague, whatever it is. Just get it out of your head onto the piece of paper because it takes on a different meaning when you see it and when you say it and when you hear it. You're like, wow, okay, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to be wherever. I'm going to raise sales. I'm going to open five stores. And so that takes on a different level. But then once we're clear, do our goals, are they meaningful to us? Are they exciting? Then we really need to ask ourselves, start tearing them and start looking at these goals. While they may all be important in terms of finances, healthy living, career, relationships, we need to start to look at the top tier. What are your top tier? What are your most important and essential goals that you have to do. Sometimes they're survival in terms of paying your rent. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's important. And that's important. And sometimes you have to do that. Now, sometimes you might be desperately in need of a vacation. You just, you just have to do it. You need that four-day. Well, so maybe that's your top priority. But the top priority are the ones that are going to get done. The other ones won't. And there's just too many things going on in our life, in our, in our head, in our world, and that's sort of how we gain clarity and really focus in on the top, top things that are essential in our life. And I just want to say, it doesn't matter if you think my tier one goal is silly. It makes no difference. It's what are the things that you need to do in your life right now. Yes, and who cares if somebody thinks it's silly? Yeah, you know, my motto is it's none of my business what other people think of me or my goals. You know, right. I just threw in the my goals part, but it it it's all in that same bag. It's right. not their thing; it's your thing. Doesn't matter what they think. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, do you do your tears give you like you know sub goals that lead up to that one that absolutely has to be met? Or is that absolutely has to be met one of the first steps you take? Well, I think the idea is to try to figure out what needs to get done first. And you want to almost look at what's the timing of each of these. And sometimes you might have a longer-term goal, and then you might say, okay, well, that's a goal that's going to happen in a year. I've got three other goals that I want to happen in the next six months. And then you might say, well, what? there may be three steps you need to take for your one-year goal. And so then you want to look into timing. And this would be only if all of these were, if all your goals were equally important, right? So then you'd want to look at timing and say, okay, well, what needs to be done? Maybe we would do it by, by quarters, four quarters in a year. What needs to be done in quarter one? And uh, you would just continue to break that down. So if you were... Let's say you were going to get in shape and run a marathon, and at the same time you were also going to build, uh, start building your business and open three additional stores. 
you would have different um, actions and small steps during the course of the one year for the two separate goals. Is that clear? It, absolutely. So uh, actually, you can start with your goal way out at the end of the year and then back up in time to see what you have to do to get, get yourself there. Right. Is and that I think Absolutely. And that is a very essential step because what happens and the reason when I, in um, the ritual with the goals that I talk about the why, the how, and the what now is a lot of people will set their goal. I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to lose 20 pounds and feel great. I'm going to increase sales by 12%. I'm going to get a job that I love in marketing. Whatever, those, whatever that goal is, you have to really think about why, why it's important to you. Yeah, if I'm going to run a marathon, maybe I should be able to walk around the block, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> right, and, 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 and so when you do that, you can't just say your goal. You have to think about, you have to follow it up and say, well, what am I going to do now? What does that mean I have to do? Because that's also going to help you understand, is the time frame you're talking about, does that make sense? So just to Ex say you're going to open five stores in the next three months, is maybe a goal, it's maybe a good goal or not. Is, is, is that doable? Can you do that? Yeah, just even logistically and time-wise, can you do that? Absolutely. And will you need to raise money? Will you need to hire more people? What, what are the steps that need to happen? So that's very essential because a lot of people put their foot down and say, here's what I'm going to do, but they don't actually have the specific actions and they're not following it up with actions to say, okay, that means I need to take a series of 20 steps. And that's Ex where there's a disconnect with people and their goals. Exactly. They, they need to know where the first step happens and um, how they need to walk that path to get to the goal all the, way all the way along. Right, right. So that's the gap, and that's where I do a lot of work with people. Wonderful. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we come back from this next break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Alyssa Feinerman, talking about being in your top 1%. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We all lead busy lives, and sometimes we think we can't take care of our health. We battle food addictions, time restrictions, and media conflictions when it comes to our health. Now, you can tune in to the Dare to be Healthy show with host Alia Almoayed. Good health comes to those who dare to take the leap into the amazing world of natural healing. Find out what it's like to look and feel great. And finally, live your life to its maximum potential. Let Alia and her guests show you how. Dare to be Healthy is broadcast live Mondays at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Do you know that digestive problems, ADHD, and chronic pain can be treated naturally? In fact, most health problems can be treated using integrative and alternative medicine. Find out about cancer prevention and managing diabetes. Learn how to use common herbs and spices to treat a variety of conditions. For the sake of your good health, tune in to Natural Solutions with your host, Dr. Sean Palmer. Broadcasting live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. 
the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. I'm here with my guest, Alyssa Feinerman. And before we even get started in this next and last segment, Alyssa, tell us how people can find you if they want some coaching and how they can find your book. Sure. Thanks for asking. So all people need to do is go to my website and to get in touch with me, which is alyssafeinerman.com. You can maybe share that on your, on your site and the book, Living in Your Top 1%, is available on Amazon. If they go to my website, they'll see the book review there and see how to find you. I, if that's not, I'll, look, I'll make sure that it's on there. I will put how they can find you, and, and they can go right to Amazon from there. Oh, that's great. Thank you. You're so welcome. You, t- you identify what you call the three C's. Tell us about the three C's. Right, so that's one of the rituals in the implementation part of the book, and this is one of my favorite ones. So the three C's stand for choice, commitment, and consistency. There's a great quote by Aristotle that says, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. And I think this is one of the keys. What is it that we practice on a daily basis? I think going back to the very first ritual, making ourselves a priority, stems with the choices that we make, the commitments we put on our table, and consistent. What are the consistent actions that we do every single day? And these are very, very powerful concepts because we know that small steps add up to big results. So I can talk more about it, but that those are, I think, the idea that choice plus commitment plus consistency really equals optimal results in our life. Or, and it's or, interesting that you have them look at what they do every day on a regular basis. That gives you a lot of clues. I'll tell you, I absolutely loved the way you have this book organized because it allows you to think through your own thing, and then you give people the, the, the opportunity to really do some work on it right there at that time in the book. And it, it's, for one thing, it's fun. It's a fun book. I don't usually say that about books that want me to do goals and all the introspection and, you know, it's serious business, but you make it fun. And if if people want to get those things done and enjoy it at the same time, I really recommend they get your book. And I'm very sincere in saying this. Right. That's so nice. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the idea of living in your top 1% or just reaching your potential or doing the things that you love in your life requires that we evaluate our actions and, and asking, are they effective? And, and do the choices we make support our values and our goals? And that is a really 
that's that's just it's it's great if you ask yourself that. You know, and the other question, the other question I think they need to ask along the way is, you know, am I happy doing this? Does this make me happy? Right. You know, we right. sort of discounted happiness in our, our our quest for more money and bigger houses and better clothes. And you know, am I happy? I have all these things, but how happy am I? <laughs> right. 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 And we all, you know, look, we all know that quote unquote things and material possessions don't deliver lasting and long term happiness. I mean, there are many studies that show that. Once your basic needs, your survival needs are met, we have housing and clothing and everything that we need, those are not the things, material things are not what typically sustain us. And it's just, you know, everyone needs to decide. It goes back to, you know, our original conversation. Everyone needs to decide what living in their top 1% means. And are you on a path that is exciting, meaningful, and is it sustainable for you? Right. Are you, know, are you trying to please everybody else and leaving yourself out of the mix? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I will tell you, that's a very common theme right now in terms of making ourselves a priority and taking the time to do that. And, and many people don't, don't do that, and they're much happier when they do. Now, we have, Alice, we have Alice Cooper's No More Mr. Nice Guy as our theme song. Because when people do this kind of work in self-improvement and they start making themselves a priority, sometimes they learn to say no and people around them don't like that. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. I think that's a very important idea, when to say yes and when to say no. And it's okay to say no. And it's, 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 it's essential right. sometimes. It's absolutely essential absolutely. to do that. We have just a little minute. Um, let's talk just briefly about balance. How do you help people bring balance into their lives? It's a huge question for a thimbleful of time. Well, I think balance is obviously something that we all struggle with, and, and we all, once you think you have perfect balance in your life, then, then you get a wrench thrown into the mix, and, and then all hell breaks loose. But I think balance, again, is a little bit similar to, let's say, the happiness set point. All of us are born with a happiness set point, and you can, in fact, change your balance level. So while you might be able to do five interviews in one day, another person might only be able to be balanced by doing one interview. So it's not essential, the five or the one. It's essential that you know what balance is for you. And once you do that sixth interview, that's when you know you're a little thrown out of whack. So I think it's understanding the bigger picture, understanding the non-negotiables for you to do five interviews, what type of sleep will you need, what will you need during that day, and then what are the trade-offs? What are we willing to trade off? Going back to our example, someone's going to open four stores, you're going to start your first business, you're going to run a marathon. What are you willing to trade off to do that? And I think that's where balance gets a little mixed up, when you have all these goals, but you didn't really think about the trade-offs. Right. If you're going to be training exactly. for something or, or if you're going to be traveling because you, you want to be a great salesperson for your company, well, what does that mean if you said relationships were really important to you if you're traveling three days out of the week? And, and so I think, again, going back to awareness, balance, number one, is a personal definition. Some people, like we said, feel balanced. Your set of circumstances, I might not feel balanced, and you might feel very balanced. So exactly. It's, yeah. it's it, the, the wonderful thing that you do in your book is point out so clearly 
that were individuals were not like anybody else and what works for me may not work for you and it's okay <laughs> that's okay Alyssa we're right at the end of the hour I'm gonna give you a moment to think about the message you want to leave with our listeners and I'm going to tell them who we're going to have on next week okay sure next week we're going to have Eric Putnam with us Eric Putnam is a behavioral coach uh, he's been on the show before, had a wonderful reception. He works with children primarily who have behavioral problems, or he works with parents. And he's going to be talking about how to deal with summer and children and how to help them when they are manifesting some behavior problems. So I think it's something that all of you who have children, whether they have a problem or not, would probably enjoy hearing. Now, Alyssa, what is your last thought to leave with the audience today? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me and thank everyone for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do that. Alyssa Feinerman is my website. But I think the most important thing is starting with a mindset, believing in yourself, taking really small steps, and just taking 15 minutes, writing down your goals, thinking about what's important to you. And there's a lot of great stuff in the book if people really do want a guide to help step through some of the questions and answers in their life. And I think it really starts with believing in yourself and simply assessing the words that, that you use and realizing that from any starting place, you can absolutely create the reality that you want. Thank you so much, Alyssa. The book is Living in Your Top 1%. We thank Alyssa Feinerman for being with us today, and we encourage you to come back again next week. This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show saying goodbye for now. I'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.